the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Sideline Sanity with me, Michelle Tafoya, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Go to LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. We are grateful for their sponsorship. Uh, They are the ones that I work with. Speaking of work, there's one woman who's out of her career that she spent 39 years working at as a nurse. One of the most treasured, coveted, honored professions in our society. And she was forced out, not because she ever did anything wrong medically, not because she abused a patient, not because she talked back to a surgeon, not because she administered the wrong medicine, not for any of that. She was ousted from her job in Texas, College Station to be precise, because she would not check a box on an online course. She would not check a box that said that she acknowledged her own implicit bias. She would not check that box. She asked people, why do I need to check this box? Is this really a fireable offense? I read the coursework, but I refuse to tell you that I have implicit bias. I refuse to tell you and check a box that says I accept that I'm inherently racist. I refuse to do that. That's not me. That's not who I am. This is really what you're going to fire me for. And they said yes. And now she's working with an organization that is trying to fight back against things like this. Nurses are (laughs) so valuable we don't need less of them. We need more of them. I should say we don't need fewer of them. We need more of them, but you get the idea. They are valuable. They are the ones that get you through most of your delivery. If you're pregnant, your doctor comes in and, you know, finishes the job, but it's the nurses. They are the ones who get you ready for surgery and post take care of you post-op. They are the ones that take care of your ailing family members who are in the ICU. Nurses are amazing humans who get into the field because they want to help people. And by not checking a box, this nurse of 39 years was terminated. She's still in College Station, Texas. She wrote a piece in the Wall Street Journal entitled, Implicit Bias Training Cost Me My Nursing Job. She joins us next. For nearly three decades, she's reported the action from the sidelines. She started very young. She's covered the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and the college football and basketball national championships. And now, during these insane times in our world, Michelle Tafoya thinks we need a serious dose of sanity. This is Sideline Sanity. With your host, one of the sanest people on planet Earth, Michelle Tafoya. 
So Laura L. Morgan, I guess Laura Morgan, is my guest. Laura, how important is that L to you, that middle initial? Not terribly at all. (laughs) I read your piece in the Wall Street Journal, and I was furious. I'd like to sort of start with what made you want to go into the practice of medicine to begin with and become a nurse? Well, first of all, Michelle, it's such an honor to be here and I appreciate you having nurses on your show that are willing to talk about the things that are happening in the healthcare industry. And I got into this business long before any of the things with woke ideologies are happening right now. And it was just something that as all of us as nurses were drawn to do, because certainly back when I started, you weren't in it for the money. And it's nice that we have our wages up now, but that does tend to attract people that are more in it for the money they can make rather than kind of the mission of taking care of people and and trying to make your mark on society in a positive way. But um, I got in it for the same reason that all of my peers did. We just wanted to make things better. I, I, I've always had great experiences with nurses the, the you know there there's always an exception to that right in every field but for the most part it's the nurses that get you through all the stuff at the hospital that you know whether it was delivering a baby or whatever a, a, a shoulder surgery the nurses were the ones that were there to keep your spirits up and make you feel better and and so here we are what 39 years into your career is that do i have the number right you okay do. And I would have made 40 had I made it to July. Well, but other people had other plans. So what, what, what happened? What was your first inkling that there was an issue of having to take some sort of class that really, I think in most people's opinion, doesn't have to do with caring for humans? It has absolutely nothing to do with caring for humans, and that's part of the objection to it. But luckily, I was someone who was more educated about some of the things that are are going on with curricula in school, things happening at the academic level, and then just things happening in society, which all magically started happening around the summer of 2020. And so at my former employer, I was a clinical educator And so we were informed of when the new classes would come out. And I'm sure the other nurses you've talked to and you may be familiar with, we got to do stuff every year that has to do with, hey, follow the HIPAA law. And here's who to call if you suspect fraud, waste or abuse and, you know, wash your hands and things (laughs) like that. Well, (laughs) and so in that list of courses that was being put out to all employees of the organization in September of 2021, there was one stuck right in the middle and it was titled Overcoming Unconscious Bias. And so with what I already knew about diversity, equity and inclusion initiatives, that really caught my eye. So I went in to look at it right away. And when you say you went in to look at it, what what did you what did you do? What was your first step? 
my position as an educator with the organization, I was able to look at things that are hosted on the learning management system. You know, it's a, it's a platform okay. where people go and take online courses. Gotcha. So you and you so, were interested in what this class was really designed to do. What so and what did you find? Well, I wanted to know what it was all about because I know that the concept of implicit bias, it's sometimes called, or unconscious bias. It says that certain groups of people are guilty of racial discrimination and prejudice against other groups of people and simply by virtue of their skin color or their race, but they're just somehow unaware of it. And so unconscious bias training then has to convince you that, yes, you do hold these biases against other people that are different from you, even though you're not aware of it. And and sure enough, that was the content of the course that I was asked to take. And you were asked to take this course, not to teach this course. That's okay. correct. It was delivered and, and, online. And, and so everyone in the company, this was a requirement for everyone? It was a requirement for everyone. And because they bundled it in with the things that federal law says that healthcare organizations have to show their people have completed every year, like the, the compliance and safety and things, then because it was bundled in with that, it was an absolute requirement and a condition of employment. Is it, is it under federal law? Uh, I, I see that you say it was bundled in on, on this, you know, where you were looking at the, at the, the classes that you needed to take. Is it federal law that you've got to take this class to be in healthcare, or was this just sort of snuck in there by your organization? It is not a requirement under federal law or any any federal regulation. Okay. It was just bundled up in there okay. with these other things that are important for people in healthcare to do every year. So, what did you do? What step did you take? Because I, I'm gathering. You did, you didn't think this was a, a necessary course. I didn't think it was a necessary course and I thought it was a dangerous course. Why? And well, because it promotes ideologies that divide people and actually create barriers between healthcare providers and their patients because the course was actually telling you, and you could not complete this course unless you agreed that I'm willing to um, acknowledge my unconscious biases so that at the point of care and the point of decision-making with my patients, I acknowledge it so that I don't un unintentionally hurt someone. And so in uh, my supervisor actually happened to walk into the office right as I was finishing this. And I, I went to her right away. I'm like, we can't do this. We cannot put this out. We can't require this of people. It's dangerous. And here's why. And I gave her the same explanations of it. And what did she say? She gave me the, I know I understand. And so I asked for, meetings with people higher up in the organization here locally in College Station. And I was granted a meeting, which was to include the chief nursing officer, my supervisor, and the HR director here regionally 
um, the chief nursing officer had to send a surrogate, but the HR director didn't attend. And so I was making my case to the surrogate and, and my supervisor. To whom you had already made the case, right? This is the same person you had already gone to, the supervisor? Okay, yes. so you're sitting there with a person yes. you've already made the case to. The HR department doesn't show up, and the the other person sends someone in their place. So the the optics of that for me right off the bat are you guys really aren't taking me seriously and you don't really care about this and I'm not getting a full hearing. What what did, but that's me. I don't want to put words in your mouth. What were you thinking when you entered that room? My purpose was I put the I put the course up on the video board in the conference room and said this is what it is saying this is what is is dangerous about it these are the things that we shouldn't be saying and the chief nursing officer's surrogate kind of cut me off um, not very far into it and said what is your end game here and so I I told her I I object to taking this. I'm informing you that I will not complete the acknowledgement of it. And I feel that we need to withdraw this course from the rest of the organization. And what happened next? Well, my supervisor was pleading with me <laughs> to go ahead and complete it. Her words to me were, I don't want you to die on this cross. And so she at that time and then in some subsequent one-on-one -on -one meetings with her was asking me, you know, we need you here. Please just complete it and let's move on. But I, I was going to stand my ground on well, this. Well, this is uh, interesting. It was so a hill you or a cross you were willing to die on, obviously, because you didn't change your mind. I, I'll just push back and play devil's advocate for a little bit here, Laura. Um, what what would have been the worst that could have happened if you had taken it and, and you had to sign some sort of acknowledgement at the end that I have implicit bias and therefore I will check that at the, I mean, is that the most, the, the worst part of it that you had to put your name to something that you didn't believe in? Yes. And without clicking that acknowledgement, the course would not complete for okay. you. And although I promise you, besides the people who developed it, I'm probably the person in that organization, which is several thousand employees. I looked at that course the closest. I am very familiar with what's in it. I thoroughly reviewed it, just not willing to sign my name to, okay, yes, I have unconscious bias. And I will put that in front of my mind when I encounter right, people. Right, right. In front of my mind. Um. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. 
Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right. Quick break, and we're going to find out what happened next. It feels, I say this a lot, like the world is turned upside down, like someone took a little snow globe and they're shaking it up and we're just in this whirlwind of uncertainty, financially, politically, civilly, culturally. And (laughs) when you go to the gas pump, you want to cry. When you go to the grocery store, you you don't know what to do. You can't believe your eyes. And then you think about your long-term prospects too. You think, I'm skimping pennies now. But I, I got to retire someday. What, what am I going to have? Legacy precious metals can help answer that question because silver and gold precious metals are a great long-term play toward your retirement. Seriously, if you remember 2008, those who invested in gold saw really nice gains and others lost their retirements. So this can make a difference and has made a difference for many people. And it can be an investment of any size or shape that you choose. I would encourage you to call Legacy Precious Metals. Ask all your questions about this. I know you hear from, you know, just tons of different companies about silver and gold. Well, I work with Legacy Precious Metals. Give them a call. They can answer all your questions. They've got a uh, free investor's guide that you can download too. So here's the number, 866-528-1903, 866-528-1903. And as I said, there's a website where you can download the free investor's guide. It's LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. What do you got to lose? So a reminder that the title of Laura's piece in the Wall Street Journal op-ed section was Implicit Bias Training Cost Me My Nursing Job. So the fact that you would not complete the course and tick the little box that says, I acknowledge my implicit bias, you know, basically saying, Hey, I'm a racist, even though I didn't know it. You know, that's to me, it's just, look, there is bias in so many directions from all people. It's crazy. It is crazy. If, if I were to say, let's take your patient load for a week, let's take photos of every patient you see for one week and let's put them on the wall and have a bunch of people sit and look at the photos, they would come up with stories about every person just based on the way that they look, whether it's skin color, whether it's hair color, whether it's the way that they dress. I, people just make assumptions. It's, it's. I don't know if it's human nature. I don't know if it's right or wrong. It's probably not great, but it's what we do. So to suggest that the most important thing that you do in this course is check off this box that says, and I'm, I'm assuming was this was Laura, was this course strictly about race? It was strictly about the whole idea and concepts of implicit bias and, you know, implicit bias and it's close buddy anti-racism has been declaring that the entire healthcare system is systemically racist and the biases must be rooted out. So they have to educate that out of us. It feels like they're educating something into you, not out of you. 
that I, that's that's the way I look at it. I it it clearly was a hill you were willing to die on. Why was it so important to you, Laura? My objection to being mandated to take this unconscious bias training is that the material in it is intended to tell healthcare providers what to think, not how to think. And an educator helps clinicians and especially young nurses. I was the nurse residency coordinator at that organization. We need to be able to tell them how to think and to develop critical thinking skills, not critical race theory skills. And so I'm not willing to sign my name onto that because being able to help other clinicians and young nurses develop those skills that help them make important clinical decisions is what's most important. Was anyone else standing with you in this or was it you against the world? It was me against the world. My, um, a couple of my colleagues, and, and they still support me. Every one of them, my close friends that I had when I worked there are still my close friends now. But they were, you know, Laura, I just, I can't do this. I have to, I got to have my job. And so they clicked the button. A couple of other of them said, you know, I thought some of the stuff in that course sounded a little weird, but, you know, I mean, I did just like I do with all the other ones and, okay, click, yeah, click, next yeah. page, next page. Come on, come on. I got to get this done. The, uh, I have taken some of those as well as requirements for my past employment where you go through and you're reading the thing and you click next and you agree here and all that kind of thing. I would have a very tough time clicking that button as well, having somebody who designed a course through a computer screen and a mouse have me say something about myself that I don't believe is true. And I think that the other side would say to you and I would say to you and me, you see, you still don't get it. You still don't get that. You're, you have that implicit bias and you, you're just not willing to admit it. And I want to say back to them, I don't think you're willing to admit that each of us is a unique human being that has a foundation in our lives and we've chosen to be a nurse, to be a broadcaster, whatever we've chosen to do based on our passion for the work. And, and I, I just, has anyone been able to, to convince you, bring you evidence, Laura, as a, as a nurse of 39 years, that the entire healthcare industry is filled with systemic racism? Absolutely not. The evidence that they have is that they stand up and shriek about it. They're louder than we are, but I truly believe that they don't outnumber us. And so the, the evidence and the studies that they want to use, it's curious because medicine is built on evidence and evidence that's in the body of knowledge of medicine and nursing is based on things that that you can go back and prove. Mm -hmm. They they can't go back and prove this, and um, it's true that critical race theory is a theory, isn't it? Well, that yes, and and I've heard it described as something based on anecdotal data, stories, rather than actual numbers and statistics and that kind of thing. 
And it's just unfortunate because I do believe that people are well-meaning and well-intended. But I think it's I I think that it's not it's not being presented with the with the accurate evidence and data. That's that's and and uh, people will fight all day long about this. I've lost friends over this. So I, I you know and I I respect other people's opinions, but I have yet to be convinced, and I certainly certainly don't want anybody else telling me what's in my heart, what's in my soul what's in my mind, how I view people, and how I view the world. That is not for anybody else to tell me, and I would never tell anybody else what is in their heart, soul, mind, and, and perspective. It's, 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 it's not known to you. You, I, I, you know, I, I still learn about my husband after 22 years. We're still learning each other's viewpoints because we get, you know, we know each other better every single day. So this is so frustrating to me and maddening so they they fired you right yes ma'am so on february 4th of this year i was told that don't show up to work on monday and who told you i'm curious uh my supervisor told me that but i had also received a system generated email that said you're you haven't completed unconscious bias training. This is a requirement. And if you don't complete it by February 4th, you're placed on suspension, unpaid suspension. And if you don't complete it by February 11th, then the consequence is separation from employment. I'm guessing you knew right away what your decision was going to be. How did you react to the email and to your supervisor? Well, I saved the email <laughs> and I told my supervisor, um, okay, I won't come to work on Monday. I went home. I was on a week of unpaid leave. She said, also, I'd had a conversation with the HR director here locally in College Station. And she said, all you got to do is complete that course. Then you can come back to work. No harm, no foul. Everything's okay. And so I was continuing to ask her, I need to speak with someone in human resources at the corporate level to tell me why not clicking this button, even though I have thoroughly reviewed the course, I've made my case for why I don't want to take it is a terminable offense. And she did not arrange that meeting, did not get me back an answer to that question. Her response was to put me in touch with the chief diversity, equity, and inclusion officer in Dallas. And did you have that meeting? I did. I had asked to come in to the college station Office of Human Resources to meet with her because they had put the meeting on, you know, an online okay. platform. I didn't want to do that because I didn't want to risk there being some technical issue. Right. And sure enough, there was. And so, you know, we had to go straight to the phone with it. But I, I did ask her the question about, is this a required training? under any kind of regulation, 
under the joint commission standards or anything like that. She told me it was not a joint commission requirement. It was a requirement under the Affordable Care Act. The, rep- the Affordable Care Act was passed quite some time ago, uh, before 2020. Yes. And now suddenly this course is a part of that? I, that's... Have you discovered, is that actually true? Do you know, or are you basically taking her word for it? Oh, I haven't been able to make the connection and I didn't take her word for it at all. And so you were terminated. I, I think the way that you just presented that, clicking a button, I've read the whole thing. I've reviewed the course. I don't want to click the damn button. You're going to get rid of my 39 years of experience because I will not click this button. And furthermore, how many of the other people clicking that button don't believe what they're, they don't believe what they're clicking. They're just clicking the damn button to keep their jobs. So what the hell is the difference? Excuse my language, Laura, but I, I, it's so, it's so insane to me. And, um, all right. So you end up being terminated. Where are you now? What are you doing now? Well, I had some time on my hands (laughs) after February 11th. So I just began looking for any kind of help I could get. I contacted five lawyers in in four different cities here in Texas. No one would help. Um, The only one who would actually speak with me charged me $500 to tell me, yeah, you know, Texas, it's an at-will employment state. They can let you go for any reason at any time. Sorry. So I just, I kept looking and I heard about Color Us United from another podcast. I went and I looked at the site, was looking around at some of their other links and they had a link to the project on fair representation. And so I looked at their page And I said, you know, this is not exactly uh, the perfect fit, but I've got nothing else to go on here. I'm going to contact them. I put in my story and my contact information. And within 10 minutes, I had an email saying, call me. I want to talk to you. And so the person I spoke with told me about this new startup called Do No Harm. They're, They're just getting ready to launch. And I think you're a good fit for them. I'm going to get you in charge, in in touch with their executive director. And I did speak with her. It's Christina Rasmussen, our, our executive director at Do No Harm, which was founded by Dr. Stanley Goldfarb. And they have been helping me ever since. And what is Do No Harm? What, what does the organization do? Sure. Do No Harm is a network of key stakeholders who want to protect healthcare from radical ideologies that are infiltrating the industry. And they, they come to us by way of academia and, um, you know, things that are just detrimental to the healthcare field because it, it asks healthcare providers to look at patients through an ideological lens rather than a clinical one. So Do No Harm advocates for people who want to protect healthcare in that way or for students who are dealing with wokeness on campus, and that's rampant, as you know, um, healthcare providers, doctors, nurses 
who are in organizations that are dealing with situations like mm -hmm. mine. Mm -hmm. And so what do you do for them now? I am the program manager and I'm proud to say I'm actually the, the first full-time employee <laughs> from do no harm. We, we have more now, but it, it just took off so wonderfully. And from people like you who have been willing to give us a platform to tell everybody what's going on. I am absolutely grateful to the Wall Street Journal for writing this and for everyone who helped with the editing and the whole what's thing. What's been the reaction to and that? I mean, that talk about a platform, the Wall Street Journal op-ed page. And the fact that here I am sitting in Minnesota, you're down there in Texas in College Station, and you were able to reach this broad of an audience. What's the response been since, since the Wall Street Journal story? The response has been great. And, you know, you, you have comments under, under op-eds yeah. like that. Um, we, the, the online version launched on September 30th and then uh, is the October 1st and 2nd ish, uh, issue. And we were the number two op-ed underneath a Supreme Court piece, but we had about a thousand more comments on our piece than the Supreme Court wow. piece and ended up with a, a total of, last time I looked, it was about 2,600 comments, which were overwhelmingly positive. People saying, thank you. Yes, I know this is happening. I object to it too. Thank you for being willing to speak up. And then, you know, the haters are gonna yeah. hate and, and they yeah. do. So, you know, I don't, I don't engage those people there's nothing you can do to engage them. I think you're familiar with what happens when you're, you're unintentionally in a situation like yeah. that and they, they come back at you and um, there's nothing you're going to do to change their no. mind. We want to focus our attention on the people who need our help to fight back against stuff like so this. So your typical day consists of, besides doing podcast appearances, what 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 do you do now? <laughs> That's not the typical day, but, <laughs> but I I get to see the um, when new members join, we ask them to. Tell us your story if you want to. So I get to engage with people who, who do that or those who go to do no harm medicine.org and click the share your concern with us because they're telling us about something that's going on that they're concerned about in their healthcare organization, their workplace or their school because we have doctors, nurses, students, members of the public, patients, policymakers who contact us to tell us about things they're a little bit concerned about. And one of those things was in the Wall Street Journal piece, which was about the states who are requiring implicit bias training as a condition of licensure now. So I lost my job because I didn't take it and it was a condition of employment. But now we have states who are requiring doctors, nurses, sometimes both. And in the case of Michigan, every licensed professional to take implicit bias training as a condition of licensure. Well, no license, no job, no career. 
What do you do with that? Is there, can it, I, I, you know, I, I'm of two minds here. I'm thinking, well, okay, is it really as harmful as we think? I, I think it is, but I think people are going to go through those courses and kind of do what probably a lot of your colleagues did, which is just click the button, whether or not they agree with it, what they're clicking to. Um, and so can you say to yourself, well, it's, it's not really that harmful, or do you have to say, we got to stop this at all costs? Where, where does, I'm guessing this do no harm organization that you are a big part of wants to, wants to stop this. That is what we're here for. And I'm going to speak from the nurse's perspective and talk about Kentucky for a sec. The Kentucky Board of Nursing is directing nurses to the Kentucky Nurses Association, which is under the American Nurses Association, to um, a required course now. If you're a nurse in Kentucky, you can't get a license or renew your license until you take their implicit bias training, which um, the Kentucky Nurses Association course is one that's approved. And so I took this course and this particular presentation has a graphic that shows the intersection between systemic racism and, and um, white supremacy, that that is the driver of systemic and structural racism. You can see that graphic at donoharmmedicine.org and go to the commentary section. I urge everybody to do that. And further on in, in the course, um, the nurses are told that white privilege is a covert form of racism and that their implicit biases place their patients in jeopardy. And I'm quoting here, Michelle, their implicit biases kills and contributes to modern day lynchings in the workplace. This is visible on our website and it's the most inflammatory and divisive thing I've ever seen put out with accredited hours for nursing continuing education by a nursing organization that is supposed to be an advocate. And the, the language and the concepts just have no place at all in nursing. So what can you do when you find an event or an instance like this in Kentucky, what can, what can be done? We've actually heard from a couple of Kentucky nurses. They're, they're not happy. And so at Do No Harm, part of what we do with advocacy for people who, who have problems like, like this, we are, we're in contact with legislators. Um, People need to contact their state lawmakers and let them know, hey, we don't we don't like this. We don't approve of this. And just yesterday, because we've had such great response to the, the Wall Street Journal piece, we put up a piece that says, hey, are you forced to take implicit bias training? Here's some things you might want to do. And we give people seven tips on what they might do about that. And that does include contacting their, their state lawmakers and just letting them know that they're upset about it and that they want it to stop. 
What might be the effect, do you think, of nurses walking off the job in a place like Kentucky? If there were enough of them to say, we got to walk, we, we, this is not, we don't approve, we don't believe in this ideology, this is not data-driven, this is telling us we're something that we're not, the, the language, I, I, to me, what it does is it, it, actual lynchings that took place in this country were horrific. This notion that these are modern day lynchings, it makes me sick. And I, I just wonder if there's power in walking off the job as a group. Can, can, is that ever something that you would advocate? One person, one nurse who pushed back on this got fired. That's me. So we need some numbers and we need to unite in this. And unfortunately, some people are just still oblivious, uneducated to it, you know, depending on where they get their news or what podcast they're listening to. They're also afraid of being called a racist. Because I'm sure that that, right. that anyone, if, if you had a group of nurses who got together and said, no, we're not going to sign this. We don't believe this. They would be called racists. And and that is the, you know, it's the worst thing to be called. It's, it's, it's awful. And again, it's, it's sort of this, this power that people have over you when they call you a racist. It's, and it, it needs to be fought back against. I, I to just call people racist because they disagree with a concept. Again, this is not a data driven thing. They can tell, they can claim that it is. I see data that tells me otherwise. And so I, yeah, I just feel as though, again, there's that fear and people, yeah, I just want to go to my job. I just need to make my money. I want my benefits. I, I just want to work. And so that I, I want to take care of people. Yeah, I want to take care of people. I want to take care of my family. I want to bring home a paycheck. I, I want to be a nurse. I'm going to check the box. I'm going to click the box because I, I, you know, this is not worth it to me. But I, yes. I agree with you that this is, it's, that language is terrible. <laughs> that language is terrible. It is. Can I just tell you that um, in, in this course, the Kentucky course, and, and this is in our blog post uh, on Do No Harm Medicine as well. The, as the person is saying those words, modern day lynchings in the workplace, she is standing in front of a screen that shows a, an old picture of a large burning cross and a line of Ku Klux Klan members in front of it as she's speaking those words. It's hideous. And, you know, you and I know the data, and that's why we appreciate so much that you give us the chance to be able to get that word out there. Because people have to go educate themselves on this so that they understand. Anti-racism doesn't mean you're not racist. That's not what they're trying to tell us with that. Because, you know, Ibram Kendi is, is the... The father of that, I, I was, I was just galled to see that he threw the first pitch out at the baseball game recently. But you know, he says the only way to deal with past discrimination is with future discrimination. 
and it's it's not true it's it's so divisive it's so hurtful it's so painful Uh, there's been so much progress that's been made and is we've made progress continually over the course of the life of this country which is still a fairly young country and and everyone wants to make progress but they don't want to do it by segregating they don't want to do it by calling people names they don't want to do it by fighting discrimination with discrimination it doesn't it doesn't it's so divisive and ugly and wrong and i i think people are really tired of it but i feel for people in this industry like yours who are left with very little choice that they are being required to check a box that says hey guess what yeah, I didn't really know it until I read this, but I do have implicit biases and I promise to keep that at the front of my mind while I do this work. And again, I would argue that there are people who are going to check that box that are checking it just to check a box, just to move along with their day. So the fact that you think this is educating people or making them aware or making something better I don't know where you get that. You're just, it's that old phrase of, well, just tick the box and and you're just ticking the box. I I applaud you for not checking the box. I I think what you've done is so brave and we need more courage. And I'm all about promoting that, Laura. I encourage people to read the article at the wall street journal, implicit bias training cost me my nursing job. And again, the website is, is it do no harm? dot org or is it is there more do no harm medicine dot org do no harm medicine at uh, dot org do no harm medicine dot org and they can see as you said some of this stuff that's going on you've got it there on your website so people can see for themselves for instance this kentucky course what is going on out there yes they can see our work they can become members and they can share their concerns with us as well. I'm grateful to you for coming and talking to us and sharing us, uh, sharing with us what you've gone through and what you're seeing out there. It's, it's worse than I expected. Yes. And I, and I say that knowing full well that people are going to take that comment alone and decide that I'm a racist and yes. I'm most certainly not. But you can't, you can't tell people that. For some reason, their words that you are a racist are more powerful than our own words that, no, I'm not. And I don't know what, what's happened and why that is. But it's not helping our country. It's tearing us apart from the inside out. <sighs> Thank you, Laura. It's, it's doing the same to the medical profession. Because I didn't just lose my job, Michelle. I lost my nursing career. I am a very happy person at Do No Harm Medicine. I feel like this is what I am meant to be doing now. So I've made my peace with that. But I don't want that happening to other people. And in the end, the ones who suffer from it the most are the patients that we swore and took an oath to take care of. That oath ought to be ought to be good enough yes laura thank you it's do no harm check them out uh, again yeah direct other people that you know especially people in the field to, to them to tell stories share the information and um, 
be brave like Laura, do good like she's doing, like Do No Harm Medicine is doing. This has been Sideline Sanity. I'm Michelle Tafoya. Thanks for being with us. Well, Sideline Sanity, we are very proud to be sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals, and we're joined by Charles Thorngren, the CEO of Legacy Precious Metals. Charles, we are hearing now that this is not transitional inflation. This is not a bump in the road. This inflation is going to be here a while. What, what does that What does that tell you? You know, that's the scary thing. Um, I think, you know, economies and, and, and such like that, they can deal with small jars. We have a, a unique situation. We had a Fed that waited much too long to react to the situation, calling inflation transitory for a year when everyone knew it wasn't. But more importantly than that, coming out now saying this is going to be here. This is long term. This is not short term. We're going to have elevated rates for the long term. And why that gets really scary is that means the cost of doing business is going to be elevated for years, which means the cost of goods are going to be elevated for years, which means if companies can't make enough money, they will go out of business. This is why we, we hear some of your bigger companies are already talking about layoffs. So it's a unique situation. The Fed found themselves in a very bad place. And they reacted way too slow. And this is why we're at where we're at. So if I'm an investor, then what's why do I want gold and silver in my portfolio? What what will that do for me? You know, that, that's a great question. And that's a question we get a lot. And and really what gold and silver do, um, they act as the hedge against the dollar weakness. They act as a hedge against the other markets. And we know that the Dow and, and all of your markets, all your indices are, are, are pulling back, right? That's not the issue. It's not what's already happened. It's what's yet to come. And that's where we, we need to prepare. So depending on who you listen to and, and the research that you do, you know, there are case studies are saying expect to see another 25, 20 to 25% pullback in your equities markets based on interest rates and loans and, and the bond markets they're suffering as well. No one's going out to buy bonds knowing that they're going to be um, an increased return on them in three months. It makes no sense. So that leaves you in a position of what to do with your money and how to protect yourself. This is where gold and silver come in. This is why we say this is a long-term play. You buy it, you forget about it, let it do its, its job. And its job is to go up over time as the dollar gets weaker, as the purchasing power gets less, gold and silver increase. It protects that purchasing power. And that's the great thing about it. And there's your bottom line and why you need to call Legacy Precious Metals or go download their investor's guide at LegacyPreciousMetals.com. Charles, it's always good to talk to you because these are nerve wracking times for people. You know, it, it's just the fact of the matter is, as we were told by the, the Fed chair, there's going to be some pain. So if people know that they've got something solid sitting in their investment portfolio, I think they're going to feel a little bit better, right? Absolutely. And we, you know, when we look at the actions that have happened just recently, I mean, the Fed has taken a very unique stance and they've done something very um, extraordinary. Three quarters of a basis points raises months in a row. That's one of the largest raises you've ever seen in the Fed. 
through the history of the Fed. And it's not just once. One time is shocking. Here we are on the third month now. And we'll probably do another half a half a basis point next month or, or later this month, possibly even three quarters of a point. So when you look at that and you say that number is going to grow to where the Fed interest rates will be about 5%, unheard of. That means the interest rate to you and I, if that's what banks pay to borrow money, we're going to see, you know, credit cards will probably be over 28, 30% again. You're going to see home loans coming in 9, 10, possibly even 11%. And it's it's a scary time. And this is why we say, okay, know this coming. Don't be afraid. You You now are aware. So now you can protect yourself. And that's what we help people do. Don't be afraid. Prepare. Just prepare yourself. And like I say every day, I trust Legacy Precious Metals when it comes to investing in gold and silver. So go to LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. Charles and his group can answer any and all of your questions. Charles, thank you so much. My pleasure as always. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.